Amen. In Philippians chapter 2, let's just dive in here. In just a few minutes, we're going to go out, and, and man, we really appreciate all the guys bringing the bikes and the gals and riding in here, and we just want to bless you. We believe in you, and we love you, and, and, uh, 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 and we're going to go out, and we're going to bless the bikes. How many of you know there's God's, God's plan? It's kind of cheating on our part because God's plan is for every one of our lives to be blessed. So all we're going to do is get into agreement with God, amen? And, how you know, that's a great place to be. It's in agreement with God. And how do I get into agreement with God? You know, you know in the book of Micah, he said, God's shown you what's good. You, you know, just to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. You know, think about that for a minute. God's invited you to just walk with him. And we believe that anybody, anybody walking with God, then it doesn't make any difference who they're walking with. Whoever you're walking with ought to be getting closer to God. Right? Why? Because you're walking with God. But Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So in order to walk with God, you've got to agree with God. In order to agree with God, you kind of got to know what God said. Right? So you got to, again, you got to get in the Word. And in Philippians 2, in the message, he says, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ. How many have gotten something out of following Christ? I think sometimes we forget that. We're thinking about all the stuff we want to get, and we forget all the stuff that we have gotten. Hello? I mean, God, God's been good to you. Amen. I said, God's been good to you. Look at you. Look at where you're at. You're here. Amen. You shouldn't be. You should be a greasy spot in the highway of life. Come on. But the reality is, is he's brought you here. You might have challenges. You might have situations that you don't know what to do. Hey, we, we got good news today. We got, I said, we got good news today. <laughs> Amen. I'll, I'll steal one of the lines that Shelby was using uh, this week with the, with the ladies thing where they had just a few more, less ladies than we'd had. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, Shelby made this point, and it's just a great point. And here's, here's some good news for you. Here's good news that even the bad news, God can turn it into good news. Huh? Come on, that's good news. I, you might have some bad news, but God can turn it into Can, can you imagine how frustrating that is to hell? Hell's work, you're just working itself to death trying to take you out, and every time it finishes up, God just lifts you up. Amen? You know, man, I'll tell you something. If you follow Christ, you're going to get something out of it. I said, you're going to get something out of it. And he said, if you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then just do me a favor. Agree with each other. You know, you hear all these people, amen, that's harder than it, you know, that's easy to write it on a piece of paper, but man, some of you guys are tough to agree with. <laughs> yeah, hello? You, you know, agreement's not all, not, all that, not all that easy all the time. You, you know, think about it, one of, one of the major strategies that we have to stand against, one of, one of the major tools that the enemy loves to use is, is division and strife and heartache and, and trying to break people down and separate them and pull them apart. And, and, and he's saying here in the word that, man, man, if you get something out of following Christ, do this. Just learn to live in agreement with each other. Well, well they're wrong. Well, so are you. It's like a small group for wrong people, okay? So we, we've all been wrong. We're, we're all going to be wrong. We're all, we're all going to be wrong again. But we, we need to learn to agree with each other. Well, uh, well, agree, how do we do that? Well, we just agree to agree with God. Come on, let's just do this thing God's way. Matthew 6, 33 says, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all that stuff you care about, he said, I'll take care of it. I'll add it to you. You know, uh, the Amplified Bible says, seek first uh, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his way of doing, his way of being right. Let's do this thing God's way. 
Let's do this thing God's way. Agree with each other. Love one another. Man, if you thought agreeing with people was tough, get to this one. We got to love those suckers. Huh? You know, we, we, we got we, we to we we tear down the walls that are trying to separate us. Some of you guys are really good at living isolated, even in a large group. Come on now, you, you know I'm preaching good. Yeah, you, you, you're living out there on the fringe. Proverbs 18.1 says, He who willfully isolates himself from God or man seeks his own desire. He's void of sound judgment. Let, let, let me just define those words for you. He's an idiot. Because you're under the impression that you can do life by yourself. 57 times in the New Testament it talks about one another. Love one another. Pray for one another. Encourage one another. You can't do God life by yourself. You have to have another. And see, if you could learn to agree with each other on the Word of God. Let's just agree that God's Word is right. Let's agree that we're going to live this life God's way. Let's just agree with each other. You find out that it's a lot easier to love one another. Right? And just love one another. Be deep-spirited friends. Some of you guys could use a friend. Come on, let us be your friend. Hook up, lock shields, let's go. Let's do life together. Look at somebody say, let's do life together. Quit trying to do it on your own. You know, you're, you're, you're living out, out there isolated and separated, and, and, and you're not going to have the, the end that God declared at the beginning because we need each other. Look at this next verse. It, it, he, he goes on in verse 3. He says, don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. You know, I got to tell you something. One of, one, of the, uh, one, of, one of the things that's really kind of difficult for us to do is to realize that, man, uh, if I do life God's way, my life will be better. Hmm? My life will be better. My, my, my relationships will be better. My, 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 my health will be better. My, my finances will be better. My thoughts will be better. And see, the enemy wants you to think that if you don't take care of yourself, that, that nobody else is going to, you know, and you got you, you to gotta, you, you make sure that you don't get too soft because you get too soft people are going to take advantage of you. It's hard to take advantage of somebody who's given the advantage away. So, you know, you, you know this is a mind shift. This is a, this is a place where we got to, okay, if I'm going to do this thing God's way, I got to stop pushing my way to the front. I, I, I got to stop trying to get up on top and I got to put myself aside so that I can help others. That's, that's why things like uh, uh, Day of Hope, you ain't got to pray. You do not need to go home and pray about whether you should participate in Day of Hope. You need to mark your calendar and, and change your vacation if you have to. Do what you got to do to participate in the Day of Hope. You don't have to pray about that. You obey about that. Why? Well, because we're agreeing that this is what God wants us as a people to do. This is like bedrock scripture for us. We're not going to push our way to the front. We're not going to try to make it up on top. We're going to put ourselves aside, and we're going to help others get ahead. Look at verse 4. He said, don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Trust God now. Come on, trust him. Because Let me tell you something. Because you, you have an insane advantage if you're in Christ. Come on, you can't lose your advantage. It, it, no weapon formed against you can prosper. You want to talk about an advantage. All things are working together for your good because you love God and you're called according to his purpose. You want to talk about an advantage? 
Now, you ain't got to worry about it. He said, don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Verse 5, he, he said in verse 5, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Six. And, and uh, here we go. Come on. Be healed. And he had, he had equal status with God but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. In verse 7, he said, not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave. He took on the status of a slave. Come on, let, if we're going to do this thing God's way, we got to. Tra- if we're going to pull this off, let, let me tell you something. If if if, if you're going to agree with each other, if you're going to walk in agreement, if you're going to if you're going to love one another. If you're going to build deep-spirited friendships, if you're going to let others uh, have an advantage, if, you, if, you're going to, if you're going to figure your way the, the way that Christ thought of himself, you're going to have to have a pretty strong relationship with God himself. Because you're not going to do this on your own. Because there's something on the inside of us that's, 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 that's kind of contrary to this. And, and there's, there's mindsets and belief systems in the culture that, that we live in, man. Uh, it's all about, I mean, think about it. You want to sell something? All you got to do is get the advertising out there and make sure that it, it's, it promotes the other guy, you know, the person you're selling to. Have it your way. You deserve a break today. Well, let me just ask you something. Why in the world would you deserve a break today? Well, because I've had it so hard. We don't have it hard. We're blessed. I mean, it's ridiculous how, 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 how easy it is for us. I mean, compared to any place else in the world, you just think about it. You know, and, and, and if you're going to pull this thing off, you're going to you're, you're gonna have to get God's help, but you're going to have to not only love God, but you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to trust that, that God's plan for your life is, is true and that he's going to fulfill it. Remember Jeremiah 29 uh, and, and verse 11, again in the message, verse 29 11. He said, I know what I'm doing. How many know that God knows what he's doing? I said, God knows what he's doing. And, and he said, I have it all planned out. Man, it's already planned out. You, the book's already written. I got plans to take care of you, not abandon you. God's not going to walk off and leave you or forget you. He said, I've got plans to give you the, the future that you're hoping for. Hey, you might as well start building some big hope and believing God for some big things. If God's going to give me the future I'm hoping for, guess what? I'm hoping bigger than, than ever before. Why? Because that's his plan, right? And so I, I, I'm going to start believing in the plan of God. Look at verse 12. He said, uh, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'm going to listen to you. This is God himself talking to us. Man, you gotta, you got to trust him. You know, there's going to be moments you're not going to know what to do. And, and, but he said, but when, when you call me, I'm going to answer. Look at verse 13. He said, when you come looking for me, you're going to find me. And when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, when you get serious about finding me and you want it more than anything else, when you get serious about finding me. See, what are you looking for in life? You've you got to stop looking for the advantage. You've got to start looking for the advantage giver. You got, you got, you got to, you got to get, you got to get serious about this God thing. You need to look at somebody and say, get serious. Oh, come on. Look the other way and say it loud. Get serious. Come on. This is what we got to do today. We got to get serious about this God thing. 
We, we got to quit, quit living this thing half-hearted. When, when you want it more than anything else. Man, I'm telling you that, that God's wanting to pull us to a place where this is our heart, that, that we want him, and we want his purpose, we want his plan more than anything, more than anything else. Why? Because he's, he's got my back. He's going to take all of that stuff that I thought that I had to have. No, uh, God's going to produce all of that in my life. But, but when you get, check it out, when you want it more than anything else, look at verse 14. He said, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. See, here's what the enemy doesn't want you to know. The enemy, the enemy wants you to think that if you go after God, that you're going to miss out. That if you live God life, that you, you're, you're not going to live a satisfied life. If you put others first, well, then ain't nobody ever going to take care of you. And you're, you're not, you know, and you got to be careful because, you know, that church, they, 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 they're always going to want your money and they're always going to want your time and they're always going to want your talent and they're always going to want. And if, if you live that way, you know, what, what, what are they all doing for you? And, you? and if you live that way, you miss God's purpose for your life. He said, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. Let me tell you something. I, I love words, disappointed. Dis has a prefix, right? A prefix. A prefix is a grammatical stem added to the beginning of a word to change the meaning of that word. Dis is God's, is dis, disappointed. Dis, dis is the prefix where God's talking to us. You know, you know what it means? Dis, the prefix dis means to push down or press out of. See, this is what the enemy's doing to you. Remember in John 10, 10 when he said the thief, he comes to kill. He comes to steal. He comes to destroy. And, and he's trying to put so much pressure on you that, that the weight of it presses you out of your appointment. Let me tell you something about your appointment. That's where your power's at. That's where your authority's at. That's where your dominion is at. You, when, you, when you think about the office of a president, it's an appointed office. And in his appointment, he's got crazy power. Outside of his appointment, he's just another guy. So, so the power, the authority is not his. It belongs to the office. It's the appointment. And, and, and the, the, the place that God's called you, Jeremiah 1, 5, he said, he said, before I formed you, I knew you. And I sanctified you and I ordained you. God had a, a dream about the future. And he saw where you were going to fit. And he started using that information to shape you and mold you and make sure that you were going to fit perfectly. And he made you different from anybody else. That's what it means when he said, I sanctified you. I, I, I made you just the way you are. And you've gone through some stuff that you didn't understand at the moment. But when you look back and you see how that God's taken what the devil intended for evil and turned it and used it for good. And he's shaped you. And he's empowered you to fulfill that dream. And it's a spot, it's an appointment that God has with your name on it. And the enemy, the enemy's trying to push you out of that appointment. Think about it. When you become disappointed with your spouse, you no longer have authority to speak life there. When you get disappointed with your kids, you don't, you don't have the ability to lead them and guide them. Why? Because they can't trust you. You don't want to give up your appointment. And God said, if you'll do life my way, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. I'll make sure you won't be. Look at what he said. I'll turn things around for you. My God, somebody. Some of you guys, you, you got some stuff that needs to get turned around. Now, you got financial things that need to be turned around. You got relational things that needs to get turned around. You got emotional things that needs to get turned around. God said, hey. Maybe what you ought to do, maybe what you ought to do is get serious about finding me. It's, it's time for us to get serious. You know, enough of this half-hearted thing. But I mean get serious. 
I think of us as a, as a church body, and, and you look at, at where God's brought us from and, and look at where we are and look at the opportunity that we have. And, but I've got to tell you something, that if we're going to take advantage of, of the doors that, that God has opened, and, and uh, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says that there's a great and effectual door of, open, uh, uh, there's a great and effectual door of opportunity open unto you. And there are many adversary. You, you know, whether, whether or not you can see the door of opportunity or not, your, your enemy can. And you, you, won't have, you won't have the opportunity to experience the, the life that God has planned for you if you're not going to get serious. Well, I'm, I'm not going to be serious about this God thing for a while. You know, I'm just not all that serious about this church thing. Let me tell you something about your enemy. He's serious. Hello? You know, he's serious. He, he's working 24-7. He's working trying to kill, steal, and destroy. But it's time for you and I, it's time for you and I to get serious. It's time to get serious. God's really been talking to me the last couple of weeks about this thing and, and just uh, stirring it up. Hey, let, let's, let's get in there and let's, let's stir this up in the hearts of the people. We've got to get serious. You know, uh, it's like David, when we were, we were talking about David last week, and he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant back to town, and he just wanted to get the glory of God back to town. And, 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 you know, and they, and they had some issues along the way. And, and, and uh, uh, one of the things that's really interesting to me in that story is that they, instead of carrying the ark like they were supposed to, they built a cart and, and they tried to make it easy. Let's make this thing easier on people. And, and, and the result of that was it was killing people. You know, remember Uzzah touched the ark and fell down dead. And a lot of times, see, l- let me tell you what's killing you is you're, make, you're trying to make this God life thing too easy on yourself. I knew I wasn't going to get a huge amen right there, but I thought I'd get something. <laughs> you, you, you're trying to make this God life thing too easy on yourself. Well, I, I, you know, I, I don't have to, you know, I don't have to live holy. Well, the Bible says God's holy, and, and, and you're going to have to be holy too. Well, you know, the Bible's antiquated. You're an idiot. Well, I, I should be able to live in sin, and, and God, God still. Well, you're still loved. Uh, you know, Michael, Rachel, uh, uh, Michael, uh, David's wife. She was loved. She was still barren, though. Yeah, she wasn't unloved. She was just no, no production of any promise in her life. I know I have to be careful because uh, uh, let, let me tell you one of the things that we're really quick. To, to make sure, you know, uh, is that if, if we hear something we don't like, we're very quick to be offended. Psalms 119, verse 165 says, Great peace have those that love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And that doesn't mean upset or make angry. It means off end. That nothing has the power to take you off the end that God declared at the beginning. See, there's a way that seems right in a man, but the ends are the ways of death. See, what we do is we get all freaked out about the way. Well, here's the way I think it should happen. Well, frankly, Scarlet, <laughs> you can't hyper-focus on the way. You've got to focus on the end and let God direct the way. And when you let God direct the way, you'll end up at the end that he declared at the beginning. Hello? Let me tell you something about this God life thing. If you're going to get serious, it's going to change the way you live. It's going to change the way you think. You, you don't have the liberty to think anything you want to. You do not have the right to think anything you want to. God's word teaches us 
that there's certain thoughts that we put into prison and we don't let them run around. And there's other thoughts that we are, that we are told to think. Think on these things, whatever's true, whatever's honest, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's of a good report. It God, it God even tells us how to think. And you got this mindset, and you're thinking to yourself that you can live any way you want. I can live in sin. I, you know, uh, we, we can just live together. We don't have to get married. I'm telling you, you're not going to produce the blessing of God in your life. Well, why you got to be so judgmental? Well, let me tell you why. Because, because I want you to win in life. Man, I, I want you to realize that God has the ability and, and the heart and, and, and the desire to turn things around for you. But in order for everything to get turned around, we're going to have to do it God's way, not my way, not your way, not Papa's way, not Nana's way. We got to do it God's way. See, I believe that God has a plan, that he's got it all planned out. You know, one of the things in the future that I'm believing God for, I'm believing God that our kids are going to be able to go to a public school and not be a minority because they stand and believe in Jesus. I'm believing for radical change in our community. I'm believing, I'm believing that we're going to change this, this region with the power and the presence of God, but not half-heartedly. No, we're going to have to be serious. In 1 Samuel, or no, 2 Samuel chapter 6, when David's carrying that ark, you know, and, and it says, uh, when those who were carrying the ark of the Lord, when they had taken six steps, they made a sacrifice. Think about this for just a minute. Every six stinking steps, these guys are making sacrifices. Let me, let me tell you something about God life. You're going to have to make some sacrifices. I said, you're going to have to make some sacrifices. Well, I just, I don't even believe in sacrifices. You do it every day already. You know, back in the day, they had, a, they had all these idols, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, and we, we think of making sacrifices, and, you know, I know what you're thinking. Well, I, I, haven't, I haven't slit the neck of a heifer in a long time. Well, that, that's not what we're talking about. I, I don't have any statues on my dashboard. No, you got them in your heart, though. You know, and, and uh, they had Aphrodite's, you know, the, 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 the goddess of beauty. And uh, they, they had uh, Artemis and Arius, and, you know, gods of war and gods of, gods of achievement. And they had, uh, you know, the gods of craftsmanship. And, they, and they, they made sacrifices. Well, here's the deal, is we're already living a sacrificial lifestyle. We, we sacrifice to those gods every day right now. They were, they were doing child sacrifices. I'd never do that. You sacrificed your child just to get ahead. And God said, you know what I want? I want you to, to seek me. I want you to want me more than anything else, more than any of that other stuff. I, 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 I need you to want me more. I mean, think about it. How many young ladies have sacrificed their health in order to, 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 to maintain a figure that they think makes them acceptable or, or valuable? How many young men have sacrificed their, their character and their integrity so that they can uh, try to compete with, with, with liars and cheaters on, on, on the sports field because they're, they're, using, they're, they're, they're using drugs and everything they can to get ahead. But, so you got this young man that he's going to sacrifice his character and his integrity so he can compete with that mess. How many of us are sacrificing our relationship with God to fit in with a community that doesn't care about God? 
We want to fit in. God didn't call you to fit in. He called you to stand out. See, I, I think that, uh, you know, it's one thing to, to live a life, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to heaven. You know, it's kind of easy. That part's easy. I'm telling you, it's the easiest thing on the planet is, is to go to heaven. But how about dealing with the hell on earth? You know, dealing with the mess that's in this world and, and, and demonstrating the, uh, Satan's defeat in your life and, and, and uh, you know, and getting past a lyric and a song, you know, actually lifting him up. You know, there's a little bit more to it than, uh, than just coasting by. I'm telling you, man, it's going to take a life that's willing to make sacrifices. Trusting him. See, back in the day with all of these idols, there were three characteristics, three components that, uh, uh, that would set up an idol and give an idol strength in your life. And, and uh, you know, scholars say that uh, in these three characteristics, if you possess one of them concerning something, you need to start looking at that thing. If, you, if you've got two of these uh, traits going, then you, need, you, you probably need to get help. If you've got three of them, you got an idol. And the first one, the first, the first thing, what, what makes it an idol in my life? Well, love. You know, you, if you love a thing, it's on its way to becoming an idol. And, and uh, you know, and, and there's all kinds of stuff that we, that we love. Hello? I love frozen yogurt. Okay. I don't think it's an idol. But yet you'll sacrifice your health to have it. Dang it! Okay, okay here's the deal. You start, lo- you start loving a thing, you start loving a thing, and you start giving that thing value in your life, and you give that thing position in your life, and you give that thing priority in your life. Why? Because you love it. Man, and God's not telling you he doesn't want you to love a motorcycle. He just wants you to love him more than you love a motorcycle. I'm not telling you, he, he doesn't want, you know, a lot of you guys, you don't want to talk about making sacrifices. You sacrifice groceries so you can watch two guys get in a ring and punch each other. Come on. We know where you were last night. I'm going to watch a fight. You make a whole day out of it. Oh, baby, let's get on that for a minute. I can feel it. It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, come on over about 4 o'clock, and we'll fire up the barbecue, and we'll sacrifice some ribs on the fire. And, we, you know, and, we, we, and we'll do we make a whole day about it. We're getting all excited about it. And, and then, and, but let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. When you're done, guess what? When, when the thing's over, let me tell you what I hear. Disappointment. You know, either the fight goes 12 rounds and we disagree with the, with, with, the, uh, with the call or it goes two seconds. My hundred bucks for it. You know. And you get disappointed. See, the thing about an idol is an idol will always disappoint. God said, I promise you won't be disappointed. See, uh, if you love a thing and then you begin to trust it, oh, now, now we're getting dangerous. See, some of you, think, think about it. One of the biggest idols in the land, obviously, money. We love money. 
Well, well, you know, it's the love of money that's the root of all evil, so I'm going to say I don't love money. You're a liar. <laughs> right? Romans 3, uh, verse 10. Did I give you that? Yeah. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. Let me tell you about the ground we're standing on. It's pretty level right here. We all lie a little bit. We all cheat a little bit. We, we, we all got stuff in our life that needs to be dealt with. Don't you sit here and think, wow, this is going to be a great sermon to send to my spouse. <laughs> no, this, this one's, this one's for, look at somebody tell them, this one's for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you love a thing, that's one thing, but now when you move into trust, and th- think about it, a lot of it, all of us, man, we love money. If you say, I don't love money, then give me yours. But, but now you've got to love and trust in the relationship. See, and, and see, you trust that if you get enough money, your plans will succeed. God wants you to trust him. Right? You, you, tr- you, you, you put your trust in that money. You trust that if you get up every day, if you work as hard as you do, that, that you'll finally find a position of acceptance and, and, and you'll get the recognition and the respect. You're setting yourself up for disappointment. And a lot of us, a lot of us in the room, and, and not, not, just, not just this area, but this is just a strong one. It's an easy target. But a lot of us in this area, not only do we love it, not only do we trust it, but we obey it. Because a lot of you guys are letting money make your decisions for you. I've actually had people tell me they couldn't afford to obey God. Who in the world would say that? You said I can't afford to tithe. Shut the front door. What, what, what do we do with all of this stuff? Well, how, how about we start by getting serious? I mean, getting serious, you know, uh, break, break this thing off and realize, okay, man, I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to start making, I'm going to, I'm going to have to start making some changes in my life instead of sacrificing to all those other things you know, I, I need to start living, uh, I need to start living God life. And there's some things that I, that I love. There's some things that I've trusted. There's some things that I've obeyed and I'm going to take those to the altar. Let me tell you how easy this is. Remember uh, Obed-Edom? Yeah, 2 Samuel 6. Uh, they, left the, the, they left the ark at Obed-Edom's house. And it says, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and everything he had. How can we have a bike blessing? You know, well, because God will not only bless us, but he'll bless everything we have. I said he'll bless everything. You know what the word bless means? To be positioned to win or succeed regardless of the circumstance. Here's God's plan for your life. It's it's to prosper you, not harm you. Here's God's plan for your life to make it better. Here's God's plan for your marriage. Make it stronger. Here's God's plan for your finances. Make it freer. Here's God's plan for your family life to, to make it healthier. 
He wants to bring the blessing in, into your life. Well, how, how do we get there? Well, uh, how, how do we get there? Well, why don't we do what Obed-Edom did? Obed-Edom didn't do anything to deserve the blessing. He didn't do anything to earn the blessing. You know what Obed-Edom did? He opened the front door. When, when, the, when they said, hey, man, we're not sure about this thing. Can we leave it at your house? He said, yep. I mean, seriously. That, that's, that's what he did. He said, Yep. And instantly, instantly God shows up and he starts turning things around for him. And the only instructions that they gave him when they dropped off the box was, don't touch it. So, hello? You... The, the presence of God, I'm telling you, God wants you to carry his glory. Well, well, what do I do? Don't touch it. Quit trying to make it about you. Put yourself aside long enough. You just help other people. You, you just help other people. You know that Jesus Christ was anointed of God, of the Holy Spirit, and he went about doing good and healing all. That, that's all God wants you to Just go about doing good and, and letting healing flow through your life. How do I get started? You say, yup. But don't put your hands on it. Don't try to manipulate it. Don't try to squeeze it into your mold. No, let, God's going God's gonna to show I promise you that if you'll say yes to God, if you'll open the door to God, God, by his spirit, will bring direction into your life. You'll know what you need to deal with. You don't need me or anybody else to tell you what to stop doing or what to start doing, how high to jump and when to jump. And, no, you, the Holy Spirit, man, I'm telling you, that uh, Jesus said when he shows up, he's going to bring conviction to the world. And if you, if you get God, if you're not experiencing conviction, I don't know that you've got the Holy Spirit. Here's the deal. When you get the Holy Spirit, he's going to bring conviction. There are moments in my life where I don't need anybody to tell me you shouldn't do that. I already know. And there's times when I should be doing stuff that ain't getting done. I know because he's, he's back there, man. He's talking to me. He's like, you suck. God, I'm trying. You need to do this. I don't want to do it. You're going to do it. I don't think I should have to. Look at all I've done for you, God. I had that just this week, just this week, because, you know, we had time yesterday, and, and the guys were going on a ride. I wanted to go on the ride, but I couldn't because I had previous engagements and, and things, responsibilities I had to take care of. But I had some free time, and, 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 and Shelby found out I had free time. Guess where I ended up? The dog wash. Dude, I prayed in the Holy Spirit the whole time we were there. I couldn't wait to get out. I don't want to be here. Just shut up and scrub. You know, I, he, he, God will direct you. <laughs> He'll give you insight and wisdom and understanding. But how, how do I start? You say, yep. Got a question for you today. You want to get serious? You got to start saying yes to God. You, re- you ready to get serious? We're, we're, we're kind of like, that was good right there. Hey, we're, we're kind of like, we're, we're kind of like David, see? And we're carrying the glory. 
and we're coming to your place, and we got a question. Hey, can we leave this with you? You know, why do we have bike blessings? Why do we give away bicycles? Why, why do we have women's events? Why, why, why do we have a, a Texas night? Just to get people in the room to ask them the question, can we drop this off with you? Man, I've got to tell you something. I've got to tell you something. His presence in my life has made my life better. And there were things that were so upside down, and he's turned them around for me. And I've never, ever been disappointed after taking a step of obedience to him, ever. And after 30-some years of marriage, our, our, our family's stronger. It's not because of our great parenting skills that our three men of God serve in the house. It's because of his word that will never fail. Because we chose to agree with each other. See, there... There, there were moments, there were moments, you know, when, when, the, when it didn't look like that was producing. You know, when we had drug dealers living in the house, when we had guys that, that were dealing with all kinds of, of situational circumstances that were totally ungodly. And we decided, my, my wife and I decided, let's, let's agree with God. All our children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of our children. Let's, let's not do this my way. Let me tell you what my way was. Let's take them out back and kill them and tell God they died. <laughs> I'm serious, man. I, I, was, I was preaching out of town and the phone rang and, and the police were at the house. And I'm thinking, look what you're doing to me. This is humiliating me. And I realized... Man, this ain't about me. I got to put myself aside long enough to help others. But you can't do that, see, when they're your idol. You can only do that when he's your king. You got to say yes to God. I want to challenge you today. Some of you, it's time to get serious. You're not even half-hearted. You don't have anything going with God, but I want to challenge you today. And I don't want to make it super easy. I'm not going to call you out or make you come forward, but I don't want to make it too easy because I think that when we make it too easy, again, you know, hey, man, we're killing people because we're trying to make it easy. I think it takes a little bit of a backbone to live for God. And if you're here today, and I'm not telling you that you've got to start carrying a family-sized Bible and go door-to-door and telling people to get right or get left. I'm telling you, no, you've you, you got to let God get on the inside of your heart. You've got to say, okay, God, I'm going to do this thing your way. You made me who I am. I'm going to let you, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you manifest in my life, and if there's changes, you bring them. And I'll get into agreement with you. Because I, I, I want to love you. And I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to obey you. And you're going to take, you're going to, you're going to take your place. It's not just going to be a song that they sang. It's going, to, it's going to be the passion of my heart. And hands high, arms open wide as the sky. I'm going to lift you up. Jesus, take your place in my life. And if you're here today, we're going to, pray, we're going to close in just a minute. 